Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third podcast of First Baptist Church of Savannah, recording on Thursday, the 21st of January, right before January 24th, or the Sunday of the 24th. Joining me today, Kyle Ballantyne. Hey. And John Finley. Good afternoon, John. Uh, the, the other minister in the bunch, Lauren Caldwell, still in South Korea. Still. That's right. She's been there for about, what, like a week and a half now? Ten days, something like that. Yeah, but, she's but been coming there. Home, coming she's home. Coming home on Friday, is that right? That's what we're told. Well, I think she leaves tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Officially, she'll leave South uh, South Korea on Thursday and mm-hmm. arrive here on Friday. Mm-hmm. It's something like she's going to have this really long day, if I remember right. Like, <laughs> you know, because of the time zone, she'll end up having like a 30-something hour right. day. Wow. If, right. if I remember right. And a long flight. That's right, a super long flight. She's been there uh, with the passport camp for the past um, two weeks almost, uh, doing camp for um, for some of the folks and some of the kids in South Korea. She had a team with her of other passport folks, and she's been sending us pictures. You've seen some of those, John? Yes, and uh, we've received some by email, and some have been posted to her Facebook account, and some to the Passport Inc. Facebook yeah. page yeah. and some video too. We had some mm-hmm. nice pictures of her and her crew last night at the fellowship meal. That's right. She showed up on the screen. We've even seen some um, some pictures of her and her host family. She's actually been staying in the home mm-hmm. of someone in South Korea, and they have a couple of children. As a matter of fact, we FaceTimed her, Nikki and I, and and the girls FaceTimed her the other night and talked to uh, a couple of the kids who were uh, part of the host home. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was really neat. I think oh. it was like. Eight in the morning there, something like that. (laughs) But still got to do that and still got to be in that contact. Um, She's going to probably be presenting on her trip when, John? Sometime in the future, definitely. But She's actually going to speak about that experience at the Congregational Luncheon on Sundays, February the 21st. Yeah, We have a third Sunday luncheon often, and she'll be speaking then, and I assume showing some pictures and telling her stories she'll be well rested by then i'm sure she is exhausted <laughs> right now probably so that's that's a that's a rough trip and you know adjusting to the time changes yeah. always takes a while yeah she told us that they were taking them all around the country doing sightseeing and just mm-hmm. uh just tired yeah uh, some but still really good stuff happening like quite an experience yeah that's what i hear sure does um when uh, she returns next week um, she will be able to join us on the podcast. But soon after that, John, you're going to be leaving for Cuba. That's right. We leave on, uh, well, we leave Savannah on Tuesday, February the 2nd, and then fly from Miami to Havana on Wednesday the 3rd. And we'll be down there for a week back on the 10th. This is something we started 20 years ago when I was first invited to uh, visit with some of the churches affiliated with the Fraternity of Cuban Baptist Churches in um, the western half of of Cuba. And so we've had over the years uh, two or three different sister congregations that we relate to and have met a lot of different people um, in those congregations and just in the community, um, you know, people at large. And it's been a tremendous experience for our folks. Hmm. We've talked about getting uh, some of those uh, 
other regular travelers to Cuba on the podcast and interviewing them about um, their experience for the past many years and that relationship and right. how that has grown and how that's changed and what that will look like in the future as well. Right. I think that would be great to have them um, do one of these podcasts. No. Today. This is, I think, our 34th trip. Hmm. Wow. in uh, 20 years. So we go usually twice a year. Uh, a lot of people uh, return uh, again and again, and yet we always have new people, it seems like. We have um, the granddaughter of Joe and Ann Stubbs going with us for the first time on this trip. Uh, each one of them is different. We do different things. We encounter different situations down there, but it's always an opportunity to um, take medicines and over-the-counter pr- um uh, medications to share with people in Cuba who can't get those items necessarily very well and to kind of support them and let them know that they're uh, remembered and prayed for by people in, outside of the island nation of Cuba. Also in the near future, uh, last podcast, we ran through kind of a list of things that were coming up, but next week, next Wednesday, uh, for the uh, dinner and for the night program, we actually have one of our Theology 101s is what we call them. And and the Spiritual Formation Committee is the committee that uh, puts those together and kind of hosts those. And this coming up week, we're going to hear from one of our members, Chris Hendricks, about do I really need these people? (laughs) And and those people would be the church. Right. There there is a certain uh, logic to this. It's, It's not intended to be as comical as maybe as it sounds. Right. <laughs> they, they, last semester, they uh, led us in some programs that were a little more inward-looking, and yeah. now they're they're asking questions related to community and our out, uh, outward relationships with other people, both in the church and in other denominational uh, partnerships and things like that. So um, Chris uh, said last night at our Wednesday night program that he would be leading the program, and he already gave the answer. He's already given the answer. The answer is yes. Right. Yes, but, we do. Or at least for him. For him, it is. That's right. But um, And then he said, I expect all of you to be here. That's right. That's right. You know, he's going to talk probably, I don't know all that he'll say, but I imagine it will be about the, you know, the, the, the sticky relationships that uh, come from being uh, associated with other people. Yeah. And you know what, John, in some ways you brought some of that up a little bit in your sermon this past um yeah. this past Sunday about those relationships that come about being in relationship with people at church. <laughs> right. It's interesting. It's always been interesting to me how the lectionary text and and if our listeners are not familiar with the New Common Lectionary, there's a a set schedule of um of scripture readings scripture lessons for every Sunday in the year and it runs on a three-year cycle so that over the course of three years you're really hearing all of the major portions of scripture now we as a Baptist church in the free church tradition are free to follow that or not and we do probably 90 percent of the time but it's really interesting to me how sometimes the the prescribed lessons for a particular Sunday will will be just a really good and appropriate and timely message for us to hear. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that last week and uh, this coming up Sunday we're looking at two passages from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and it's about as you said uh many different spiritual gifts but the same spirit um energizing them all and on Sunday 
uh, reference to many members, one body. Yeah. Um, so we'll be looking into that and exploring that. In women's retreat, which is going to be January 29th and 30th, um, the speaker uh, during that time, or the uh, leader of that, is going to be Terry Kanzaneri, as we have noted, the sister of our own Gay Roundtree, and she's actually going to be speaking in church on January 31st. Also, the Savannah Book Festival is coming up in February, the 12th through the 14th, and First Baptist Church gets to host some of that. That's right. Um, I believe that most all of the events that we're hosting are going to be on Saturday the 13th, which is a major day in the, in the festival. And there, I'm told there will be speakers in both Lewis Hall, which is our social hall, in our education building and in our sanctuary um, just across Whitaker Street. So uh, different speakers, different authors scheduled throughout the day in both of those venues, and we're, we're very happy to, to host again this year. Just some of the people to mention again, uh, if the listeners are interested, uh, Paul, and these are not necessarily all at First Baptist Church, uh, but Paula McLean, who has uh, who's the author of The Paris Wife, is uh, going to discuss uh, her book, Circling the Sun. Eric Larson will be uh, speaking about uh, his best-selling book on uh, the sinking of the Lusitania entitled Dead Wake. And he's had a lot of best-selling books. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of uh, coverage, yes. And then William Paul Young is another uh, featured author, um, he uh, wrote the the book that sold something like 18 million copies, the book called The Shack, and uh, has a new book called Eve, uh, which explores the creation narrative, and he'll be speaking during the week, too. So some really fine authors. It's a great opportunity to, um, to listen to them um, uh, in person, and uh, it's always a great week. Also, something big coming up in the life of our church, Interfaith Hospitality. It's coming up quickly. Lots of planning for that. That's going to be January 31st through February 6th. And there are people already signing up to stay nights here. If you would like to, you can contact the church office. They would love for you to be able to do that and to stay the night here at the church with the families that will be staying here. We got email today that all of the nights have been planned for meals and so all the meals are covered and that is taken care of if you've never done interfaith hospitality or stayed it is a fantastic opportunity we talked at length about that last week so i will just say it's a wonderful opportunity and you should do it but also coming up on the calendar something really exciting the children all of the children are having a lunch and bowling on January 31st. That's going to be Sunday after church. They're going to be going to the um, AMF lanes at Tibet and having lunch here. And let me tell you, there are some kids who are some pretty good bowlers in this church. <laughs> Kyle, have you ever gone with them? I've never gone bowling with them. I might have to, though. That sounds fun. Yeah, you should. You should. You should. Especially if they're using bumpers. I was about then to that say. that would really help me. Yeah, it's like the only way that I could ever win. <laughs> I score pretty good when I have the bumpers up. Mm-hmm. You know, um, earlier that week, also, the Classics will be having um, a trip to the Mighty Eighth, and also they're going to be going to Miss Sophie's for lunch. They say bring $20 to cover the fees, and that's going to be on the 26th. Um, Kyle, as far as music, looking ahead to this Sunday, what can we look forward to? Any any um, good anthems coming up? 
Yeah, uh, there's an anthem that the choir is going to sing this Sunday by Paul Luddington Wright, who uh, is mm. a composer from England yeah. that has a lot of associations with this church. I was he's, about to say, he's been here He's before. been here before. He's he's actually played our organ and, and directed our choir and led the choir in, in some workshops. Um, Pretty recently, too. I mean, John, when was the last time he was here? Like two, Probably within the last two years. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was in Savannah last spring, actually, and... Um, there was an AGO uh, event out at Skidaway Island United Methodist Church, and we took a pretty large group of singers and contributed to a mass choir that he conducted. And that was my first time to meet him, so yeah. um, he, it, it was a great experience. And I think that our people, it's its fun to know the person whose name is on that music and have some association. Yeah. A lot of our people, particularly our adult choir members, have had association with him and and largely through I guess two trips to the International Church Music Festival right. that, that he's a part of um, they did that twice I think once in um, Coventry England and in Bern Switzerland mm-hmm. so um, there are people many of our people are familiar with him he's a very talented church musician and and um, always great to be around and to share in his music yeah Kyle maybe you know this maybe you don't is he a hymn writer, or does he just do music? He he does all kinds of stuff. I don't know whether he's written hymns, but he he works for the the BBC, I believe. Oh wow! And hmm. yeah, he's he's got a very a very prolific career of writing all kinds of things. Hmm. Um, and I know that he does at that hymn festival last year. He does a lot of hymn arrangements, hmm. yeah. uh, so special arrangements for organ and you know desk camp parts for the voice and um, instrumental parts. Yeah. He's written a lot of stuff. And I don't know if he still does it, but for years and years and years, he had a, just a <laughs> very well-received um, television program right. on the wow. BBC wow. in England uh, that was all around different hymns of the church. I hmm. was frankly surprised that that was as popular as it um, apparently is. But he's well-known for that, and I think he even carries some kind of official title um, Maybe bestowed upon him by the queen, but I couldn't mm. tell you what it is. <laughs> Maybe he's a knight. Huh? He, he's a, well, no, <laughs> don't know about that. Very but. well known uh, 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 figure in in Great Britain. Mm. Kyle, Kyle, are the children singing this Sunday? The children aren't singing this Sunday, but they're getting ready. We're working hard. Um, <laughs> what is that like to uh, to to um, direct the children's choir and the adult choir? But. <laughs> the children are a special joy. Um, <laughs> it's it's really fun to work with them. We spend about half an hour together every week, um, and we do all kinds of different stuff. It's you can't exactly hold their attention uh, just working on music for church for thirty minutes. Right. But we do a welcome we do a welcome song, and I they tell me about their week, and uh, we practice the music for church, and then I try to teach them uh, about musical instruments or mm. reading music or playing music and. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, the the girls are great. They're they're there almost every week, and and it's fun to work with them. So they're they're actually working on a piece that's going to be sung in Latin. No uh, way. Yeah, wow. yeah. During Lent, um, and they're really picking it up quick, which they say is something right. that children of that age do. You know, elementary, lower elementary. Well, mm-hmm. I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, one of these days you'll get a male voice in there. <laughs> <laughs> At that age, sometimes those are higher than the girls. Well, that's true. But, that is. But you're true. right. That would be that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that that's really fun. They're, they're actually um, that's one of the funnest things to watch in service when you see on the uh, on the bulletin that the children's choir is going to sing. It's like yes. <laughs> <laughs> they get so excited. It's really they special do. for them. I think. They really and do. for the people watching. It is. 
is. Um, sometimes it can be it can be stressful for a parent. For a like parent. me, uh-huh. it's not up there. I'm beyond that point of life that uh, you you would understand that. That's right. Sometimes you're you're hoping that, it that, all that everyone don't, that's right. Everyone thinks goes don't do planned. anything that's inappropriate. Right. <laughs> all of the uh, older members of our church uh, always tell me though, oh, don't worry if that happens. That yeah. just makes it more entertaining. <laughs> but I'm Easy like, for them to that's right. I'm mm-hmm. like, as a parent, I want this to go. To go pretty well. Right. So the Sunday, John, January 24th, we're looking again at uh, 1 Corinthians 12, or 1 Corinthians 12, I guess, as some of the <laughs> British biblical scholars might say. British and Donald Trump. Yes. <laughs> wow, wow. Um, so last week, you looked at 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11, and this week it's going to be 12 through 31. So let me read though the, mm-hmm. those passages first and then we'll talk about them. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts from one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, Where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church first of all disciples, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles... Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. So John, with this passage, what are we hearing? What are we hearing from Paul? And and what are we looking forward to this Sunday to talk about with this and hear about? What I read here is... um the idea that diversity is really God's idea hmm. to begin yeah. with. Hmm. 
And I think that's a very important message for us to hear in the church and also in our larger society. And this would have been a revolutionary idea in Paul's day. I mean, saying that Jews and Greeks were on equal level was was a um, was monumental in his time. It would have been. And if you think about the church at Corinth uh, itself, uh, it was such a cosmopolitan kind of place from all that I've read and studied about Corinth. Uh, it was a place where people were constantly traveling through, <clears throat> passing through the town. Uh, in some ways, um, showed the kind of diversity that um, Savannah displayed in its earliest mm. years as a mm. port city where you had people coming from all over the world and different cultures and ethnic groups and religions, uh, quite a diverse place. And, of course, that meant uh, for a, a lot of um, excitement and um, interaction and uh, maybe a little chaos at times uh, that that probably presented itself in the church as well. You know, the, what we're reading in the Corinthian correspondence is that um, the the church there uh, faced a lot of different issues, a lot of different problems. Frankly, um, not not dissimilar in some respects from issues that the church faces today. Uh, the the whole business of of getting along with people who are different uh, than we are, you know, is a, is a real challenge, and I and I see this in not only churches today but in the larger culture. It's it's frankly easier to hang out with people from your own tribe who right. look right. like you and speak like you think and like you do. think like you do, uh, be- believe all the same things. Uh, but the reality is, is in our, in our world and in our country um, and in our church, you know, we're we're or meeting up with people who don't look exactly like uh, we do or yeah. speak the same language or come from the same background or uh, interpret the Bible in the same way. Um, mm-hmm. We're a, a diverse lot, and especially that's true, I think, of um, this country of ours and increasingly so about our, about our church. So it's a very good point that Paul makes. So we have all of these different members um, that are yet part of one body of Christ. And so his metaphor is, you know, you have feet and hands, you have eyes and ears. They all have different functions, different purposes within the, the congregation, within the body of Christ, the church. But um, in spite of all of that diversity, there is still a oneness. And that, that I think, is the challenge for most congregations and, and maybe in a larger cultural sense, too. John, do you think that um, as a culture, in some ways, we're moving to a very tribalized, um, yes. a very tribalized culture? And, yes. And, and in some ways, it's almost easier to do that with social media, where we can even find people easier that agree with us. Right, and I think increasingly so. You know, there are more and more people who will, you know, only listen to Fox News or only or listen MSNBC. to MSNBC okay. or. Okay. You know, they, they kind of go to their news sources, you know, for um, the reinforcement of their own beliefs um, and sometimes don't willingly move out of those comfort zones to hear different perspectives. You know, that's, that's one thing that the church does is to kind of put you in contact with uh, people with uh, a little bit different way of looking at things. And that, that can be a challenge at times, but 
again, I think Paul is saying diversity is a good thing. God thought this up, and it brings strength and life and energy uh, to congregations. And so uh, it's worth the challenge, whatever it turns out to be. Yeah, it, 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 it would definitely be a strange thing if you had a, a church of big toes. Yeah, you know, or well, just a church of eyes, or a church of ears, and a pretty such. boring experience too. Yeah. When you think about it, if if everybody were a carbon copy of everyone else, um, so uh, I think this is, uh, you know, intended for a good reason to um, give us balance and breadth of perspective, uh, an opportunity to learn from other people to have our views challenged where they should be, or as you know, one of my professors used to say, um, to have other Christians in the church kind of act as sandpaper on all of us, you know, uh, smoothing off the rough places. Um, that's, that's a good thing that happens in the church, and, and I hope that we can explore that in the sermon a bit on Sunday. Yeah, you know, it, it seems, as, as we're talking about and as I'm thinking about it, uh, for those who who go to churches where um, discussion is is valued and uh, wanting to uh, dig deeper into the things of life, um, it seems like in some ways for adults, it's one of the few places in our culture where we can see that diversity. If the church is at its best and diversity of ideas, I I think some in some ways um, colleges do that when you are in college, but after you graduate, sometimes it's harder to find some places where there can be some diversity of uh, of thought. And in some ways, like I said, the the church at its best sometimes can provide that. Right. At, um, yeah, I'm sure there are churches, you know, where everybody is cut out of the same bolt of cloth. Right. You know, they're all Democrats or they're all Republicans or what have you. Uh, we have, interestingly, a, a, a diverse um, congregation here in, in several respects, maybe not in all respects, but in several ways. And um, so you're always meeting up with people who kind of maybe approach things a little bit differently. That's also to say that we don't require everybody to be, you know, out of the same mold. Um, we, we learn from each other. We, we love each other. We, we celebrate those differences, and um, somehow it all goes together in, in being the church and the one body. I wonder if uh, for some people it's really hard to be comfortable in that body, you know, comfortable in your own skin as a church of being a community of, of diversity and diverse thoughts and diverse um, ideas. I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking out loud there. Well, I think that's right because it is easier to just kind of be with your own people. You know, there are, I think, um, you know, certain uh, tribes and places where um, foreigner is a, is almost an identical word for enemy. You know, a mm-hmm. person from outside of the tribe is is perceived immediately to be a threat, to be an enemy, uh, when in fact that's that's not always the case, and certainly in in our culture, that's not necessarily the case. Um, people who are different than we are often have many different things to share with us, and we don't need to feel threatened by them. We we can see them as fellow human beings, and uh, in some cases, uh, fellow believers, and and learn from them and and hear their perspective. This past Sunday, you quoted from Lillian Daniels. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we get to hear from her again this Sunday? Probably not. Yeah. Uh, the, the reference there was from a book that she has written a few years ago um, 
about um, when being spiritual but not religious is not enough. Right. She sort of captures. Uh, captures that phrase often bandied about these days about well I'm I'm spiritual but I'm not a religious person. Right. And uh, her point was that there's something to be said for um community, hmm. you know, uh, the community of faith uh, even in spite of its uh, diversity and its messiness at times um we have things to learn from each other when we're in relationship with each other. Um so um, yeah, I did. I did quote from her. I'm, I may I may reference th- this week um, the um, illustration of um, the um, national motto when the United States were first being formed. I believe in 1776 uh, there was um, uh, a committee put together to come up with a national motto, and what they came up with was "E pluribus unum." Uh, out of the many, one. Hmm. And I may use that as kind of a, a secular example of, of a similar thing that I think is supposed to be going on in the church. Uh, out of the uh, diversity, out of the variety, uh, there still can come the one body. So I'll talk about that and a um, few of the thoughts that relate to 1 Corinthians 12. Good. Well, we will look forward to it. Um, if you are coming on Sunday, remember that we have an annual conference after church. We'll have some committees doing reports and some other business of the church. And so that will be directly after the service. And I'm sure we will have a wonderful wonderful meal on Sunday. Our, our chef, Brian, has been doing an amazing job. Yes, I don't know what the menu is, but it's undoubtedly going to be something good. It always is, and we share that congregational luncheon, and then uh, we'll have the annual conference following that, which is always one of my favorite moments in the life of our church. Uh, in that, we get to hear from committee and task force chairs about the year just completed, all of the mission and ministry, the, the various things that we've been a part of in the community and in the world, and uh, it's it's a way in a in a brief length of time just to kind of get a a wider window on what we are about as a congregation. So that's always a good time. Yeah, come for both of those. Um, service starts at 11 o'clock. You can come beforehand to Sunday school. That starts at 9.45. Uh, the annual conference will be after church, as we've stated. If you want to contact us, you can always follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at FBCSAV. And keep up with updates there, or you can follow us on Facebook as well if you would like to like us. Look forward to seeing all of you on Sunday. Good day.